My name is Olsa and I'm a fourth year nutrition student in a college of pharmacy and nutrition researching on dietary patterns of Canadians. Hi, my name is Tara Luzician and I am an MSc marketing student in the College of Edwards Commerce researching contraception marketing. Today, on the Intro to University Teaching podcast, we're talking about presenting a lesson based on Bob's model. We covered this content in week seven of our GPS 989 Introduction to University Teaching course, where we learned how students learn how to plan for teaching and how to design short lessons using the Bob's model, uh, which is uh, bridging outcomes, pre-assessment, participatory learning, and post-assessment and summary. The purpose of this podcast is for us to share what we used to think and what we now think or do regarding teaching. Now it's better to start with the main concept. In my opinion, presenting a lesson plan should include main concepts such as practice on presentation, student engagement, which is adopting communication for audience, obtaining feedback from students in a timely manner, and make appropriate changes based on the feedback and also timing of the lesson. And Tara, uh, do you have anything to add? What do you think the main concepts would be for presenting? Yeah, I would say that practice is the biggest takeaway is, um, you know, if you haven't spoken a lot in public before, it can be very nerve wracking. But um, what I've heard from a lot of folks is that the more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, and especially brushing up on your content, if it's a topic area you're not as well versed in, it just helps to review, review and practice and practice, you'll feel um, a lot better. And then the engagement part is so huge. It's so easy to just vomit information at somebody um, and expect them to, to learn, but really getting your audience involved and contributing to the topic is probably one of the best and strongest indicators that that information is gonna be retained and that their learning experience overall is gonna be more enjoyable. It's gonna be enjoyable for the, uh, the presenter, the instructor, and it's gonna be enjoyable for the students as well. Yeah, all right, that's, I agree with all of them. Mm -hmm. To get conversation going, uh, do you know any experts in this area? So, Specific to this area, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I've been reading lately Brene Brown's uh, book, Daring Greatly, and she has her master's in social work, and she is one of the um, top researchers right now on shame um, in, in social and cultural settings. And I think what she explores and what she teaches has a lot of parallels, um, especially for presenting lessons. For someone to stand up in front of a classroom, whether it's a group of 10, 20, 100, 500, um, public speaking is a very vulnerable experience for anybody. And I think whether you're a brand new instructor or whether you're a veteran, you may still get some butterflies, you may still get some anxiety, um, you may get in your head, worry about what you're presenting, whether you know people are listening, whether they care. So. I would say that Brene Brown's teachings can really be pulled into um, lesson presenting and engagement. It does take both parties, but I think 
as a presenter and as an instructor, if you use bots and you really do the work to prepare a lesson that is thoughtful and engaging, that's going to help set you up for some success. Um, and just to keep in mind that, you know, it takes a lot of experience. It takes a lot of practice. You're probably going to have some hiccups, but it's all part of the learning experience. So there is a vulnerability to that, but I think it's a good thing. That's where, that's where most of your learning, your greatest achievements can take place is from those areas of vulnerability. So I think, I think I would very much refer to Brene Brown. I think that she has a lot to, to contribute on this. That's something that I it came up in my experience when I was doing this lesson anyways with presenting is even digitally, even remotely, it's, it's a nerve wracking thing. And if you haven't done it enough, you're, you're always a little bit nervous and unsure, but to just take a chance and jump in there and, and just give it a shot always helps to, to build that skill and build that, that competency. Uh, speaking about anxiety, speaking of anxiety, can you remember any activity that helped you, uh, that Marilyn Aditi facilitated to help you to be prepared for the presentation? Um, so the one that I kind of liked actually the most was Marley had us, uh, she created this presentation with different slides um, and we would take turns as a group and the first person would have about a minute or two minutes to speak to this, this presentation. And she warned us that it would absolutely go off the beaten track. But what we had to do is just roll with it. Just roll with the punches, whatever comes up, you wouldn't know what that slide was going to show, but whatever it may be, you just roll with it, you know, take and pull whatever knowledge or whatever anecdotes you had, even if it's just this slide is ridiculous and I have no idea what this is about. And this is kind of silly, but I'm interested to see where it goes. So just having us like knee jerk think on our feet. Um, I think that was really cool. Uh, what about you, Elsa? What activity did you find helped? Um, actually the activity that uh, we had, uh, and we have some gesture for, um, releasing the emotions that Mary mentioned for that theater thing, uh, it really helped me to release the stress and anxiety and just feel comfortable. Was Actually, that the one? Was that the one where we did like the the theater yeah. part, or where we did the pairs discussion? No, no, that the theater part. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the emotions that we did. Yeah, that part. And, so you found um, that one worked better for you to kind of get the nerves out? Yeah, yeah, it was really uh, never right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was really stressed that time, but it really helped me to calm down. And um, actually, I used to think that presenting a lesson should contain only useful and interesting information. Uh, but now I learned that so many important factors are involved in this topic which are more important than just conveying the information. But now I learned that an educator should engage the students in each step of the lesson plan by planning different activities. This way has a great effect on the students' learning process. And uh, the other point uh, for me was the role of an educator. I used to think that an educator should pave the way for the students and answer all the questions directly but now I learned that the educator has uh, to act like a guide for the students. It is important to show them the steps and make them to be connected to their 
prior knowledge during the presentation. It means that the educator should present a lesson in a way that students need to uh, get the new content properly and connected to their previous knowledge and practice the new skill or information in a different ways to be encoded correctly in their brains by doing different activities. Um, Tara, I want to know uh, what you used to think about the presenting a lesson. Yeah, so before I get into mine, um, you raised some really interesting points. So you were saying initially when you were, what you thought about the topic was you, instructors always have to come in with like an artillery of interesting topics or things like that. Like it has to be almost performative, but now you realize that it has to like, there is equal importance on making it engaging. It's one thing to just spew at someone, but it's another to incorporate it. Is that right? Is that, did yeah. I get that right? Yeah, yeah, totally right, yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Do you think that, um, so then do you think with your initial view on it that you had put so much onus on the instructor mm -hmm. as, as the learner, as opposed to, or as a teacher, and less on the students? Like, I guess if I try to think about it, like both the students and the teachers come to a class as like co-creators, right. I suppose, of knowledge. Yeah. So in your view, it's almost as if the expectation was just on the researcher to, right. to come with that, that information. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually thought that the main load is on the educator's shoulder. But now I understood that they, they have equal part. They have to, I mean, the students uh, and, the, and the, the educator should just guide them and show the steps and the students should explore uh, the information. That's the big uh, lesson for me in this course. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, uh, we, we speaking of Bob's lesson plan, I think uh, presenting a lesson plan is connected to most of the areas of Bob's lesson plan. By considering each section, I would say an educator should plan how to present the bridging section in a way that draws the attention of the students to the subject. And also about the outcome, the educator should present clearly what the students are going to learn and uh, what would be expected from them at the end. And in pre-assessment, the educator needs to assess the students' prior knowledge and try to uh, let them know what is the knowledge gap in the topic. And uh, about participatory learning is the main section that the presentation has a role in it. And uh, the student engagement is important in this part as well. Since they are in the process of learning um, in the section, they're in the process of learning. Regarding post-assessment section, um, the educator should keep the engagement and make sure that they learned the new information. And in the last section, which is summary, uh, the teacher needs to provide key messages for that lesson and present them in a brief and useful way. Uh, we can see that all of the sections are connected closely to, to all Bob's area. And how do you mm -hmm. feel about it, Tara? What do you think? Well, yeah, I actually just wanted to double back quickly because it ties into what I used to think about the topic as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I kind of shared the same view as you. I put so much onus on the instructor that the instructor's role was solely to teach. 
without really thinking like, well, hold on. Um, I mentioned this in my reflections as well when I was thinking about the class. Like, yes, we have some knowledge, but we won't have all of it, not even in that one class that we're teaching. So, so really engaging with the students, I think, is more to me than just, um, I guess, yeah. So what I used to think was instructors only had to were in charge of the control of information, the content, the understanding. But now, having gone through it, I just realized how important it is to recognize that students also have knowledge maybe not about that exact topic, but there's tangential knowledge that they can bring in and that it is your role as, a, as an instructor to set up an environment um, and in your lessons to, to create that space for students to be able to bring that knowledge in. Um, there's always ways using real world experiences or anecdotes or humor or something like that to, to tie a topic into the real world and kind of make it a little more, a little more real. And so now, um, having done it, having gone through BOPS, having done that, that whole um, lesson plan and presentation, I realize it's more important than ever. Like, you're, expect that your students know a lot more than, than you think. And, and expect for them to be able to contribute as well to the lesson. Um, because then, it's, I think, both a, a way of respect, it's a way to really open the communication channels, but then I think it enhances learning for everybody, right? So mm -hmm. before I thought it was just on one, now I realize it's all parties, everybody is involved. So yeah, yeah, yeah with the lesson planning, you said it exactly, um, having students be engaged, um, having them, you know, checking in with them, having discussions, um, Sometimes there's a ton of different ways to show students or to, or to get them involved in the learning process. It's not just always quizzes. Um, so yeah, that's having the BOPS model is really nice from a planning perspective, but I think with the engagement portion too, it's nice to kind of keep that a little bit open um, and especially to allocate the bulk of your time towards that, that engagement. That's I think where the real learning occurs. You're totally right. Yeah, it seems so then, that we are on the same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then where else do you think, um, where would you like to go next with this? Like with presenting and BOPS, um, what else would you like to know about it if you want to look into it more? Actually, I think the best thing that I have to do is to practice, just to practice yep. and make myself better and to improve and have my confidence. Um, that's the thing that I, I think that I have to do with the presentation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of the plan. And, um, I, I think, uh, for a good presentation, I would like to practice and practice till I find my confidence and do not feel nervous. And also have a couple of shortcomings in presenting a lesson plan, such as it is hard for me to handle the situation when I'm facing the challenges like technical issues or drawing the attention yes. during the presentation. That's a big and one. Yeah. yeah, it is. And I don't have enough confidence. And sometimes I feel like I'm boring my audience, which is not really good. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm relying on PowerPoint as my only presentation tool 
and reading the slides board by board, I hope I can be able to do my entire presentation with only one word in each slide. <laughs> but that would be actually uh, really skillful. Yeah, it is, it is. And But I think that's attainable, totally. It is, by practice. Yeah, I think it is. It's not, it's possible. And uh, where are your shortcomings? Well, so mine is the same thing. Um, I have done presentations before. So this wasn't, in this course, it wasn't my first kick at the can uh, with presenting topics or areas. But I do not practice. I am someone who likes to kind of fly by the seat of their pants. And that doesn't always work. Um, there is definitely, I think there's a good balance we can strike with structure. And I think that's the value of that box model. That's where that comes in. So I definitely, I think in the future, at least need to have a kind of that box schedule that certainly helps. So yes, my shortcomings are I don't practice enough. And, and you're right, if I don't, if we don't practice enough, um, that can really show up in our presentation, especially if we're not feeling 100% confident, if it's something that we don't um, know a lot about or a class we haven't taught long enough. Um, what I would like to explore and see where this goes is I want to see all the research that's going to emerge now with online and remote learning and online and remote presenting because like I don't know about you but I found this class like the way Aditi and Marley put together this class they did such an amazing job in spite of COVID in spite of the distance so we'll never know what the in-person version of this teaching class would be like but they we're able to use all these different um, programs and techniques for engagement. And it's hard. It's hard in remote settings to engage with anybody. Yeah, um, during the live sessions and yes. also the assignments, they were yeah. are engaging the students. Yeah, they did a really good job. Yeah, they did. And so I know that um, kind of just speaking with other colleagues that are teachers, they express the kind of the same thing as students like frustration like online learning is not for everybody mm -hmm. and online teaching is certainly not for everybody they struggle with it and so i think perhaps the um, silver lining out of this whole pandemic especially in educational settings and in teaching is we're going to have a lot more literature coming out about ways to um, increase engagement in remote learning settings um, increase retention for students in remote learning settings. Um, so don't make it feel as if they're only teaching themselves and learning themselves on course topics. Um, so yeah, I think there's gonna be a lot of that information coming out. So I'm excited to explore that because I don't think this remote learning, this will never go away. This will absolutely no. be a thing for years no. to come. Um, yeah. But we're gonna have probably more of a balance. We'll still have in-person classes, but this might be the new norm. In, in many educational settings. Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, we, we will have a lot of online classes from now on because it was the start of realizing that we can learn and teach online and remotely. Then, yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Any your final thoughts? Yeah, uh, for my final thoughts um, is that practicing front of a mirror or with your friends, parents, or spouse, the more you practice, the better. Uh, while we are practicing the presentation, it is important to pay attention to 
some points such as make a clear transition between the areas of the lesson plan and yes. think about the details of student engagement in advance. Um, what about you? Do you have anything to add or final thoughts? Yeah, the one thing we we talked about it a little bit, but I, I want to kind of circle back to it is timing. Um, mm -hmm. There's only so much yes. we can pack into each lesson. Um, and and being aware of being aware of that, being aware of the time constraints, and making sure that you're covering the key points of the curriculum, and 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 keeping time not only in your actual lectures but in the whole course. So that was something I noticed as well, especially with my four minute lesson. I blew it. Like I didn't keep track of my time at all. I went right. well over the four minutes. I didn't even get from my final slides. So that's something that I had to keep in mind too. And that even thinking back to my school experience, there's been countless times where we've had to mm -hmm. cut lectures off midway. They weren't even done yet because we ran out of time. So I think um, the good final takeaway is you're, you can't squeeze absolutely everything into one lecture um, and to get very realistic about exactly what things you want students to take away because for, you know, if you're teaching an intro to nutrition class, they're not going to know every blessed thing about nutrition after one or two or three lectures. But yeah, you actually, could. you need, yeah, actually, you need to give students the time to absorb the information. They cannot just understand it all at once. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I would say the special takeaway message for a good plan. Uh, for a good lesson plan, actually, uh, presentation is practice makes perfect. Perfect. Just this is a simple phrase because you will correct yourself while you're practicing and make it makes your mm -hmm. presentation fluent and smooth. Uh, what are your key messages, Tara? Uh, same thing. Practice, practice, practice. And and just to go easy on yourself, like if you're starting out as a as an instructor. I'm sure you're going to have all these expectations on yourself, but it, that that mastery will come as you do it over time. So you're totally right. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. Okay. I think that's the end of our episode. And thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone.